Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. like eight years ago we were playing that and i i was one round in and i dropped my knife in my uh left thigh <laughs> and that's uh, it hurt. hey it at hurt least i mean technically you don't lose though because you didn't hit your hand so i still feel like i lost <laughs> did you have to get stitches how far into the meat did it go well like it went wasn't like super deep because as i saw it happening i like grabbed it but it was too late like i got cut um i didn't need stitches i'm trying to think what we did with it i mean like it i i obviously not a good sign i have super thick blood which means i too am gonna have a stroke someday um and i clot pretty easily (laughs) jesus i don't know but yeah i i have a purple i have a purple knife like a like you know when you get oil in a in a water puddle or like gas at a gas yes, station. Yes, yes, and it kind of like goes away from it and makes a cool little rainbow uh, yes. pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the color knife I have, and uh, yeah, I was pretty uncool for most of that year. Everybody was like, "Oh, that's the chick that stabbed herself in round one on oh, Jeremy." <laughs> Although it would be awesome if like you are getting mugged and you're like you flip out the butterfly and like, whoosh, whoosh, and then you just stab yourself in the leg. You're like, you want to fuck with me now? And they're like, never mind. Hey. She's fucking, never mind. (laughs) There's something really awful about, like, the attempt I make to be cool that they're like, she's fucking crazy. Like, don't fuck with Ashley. But my follow through is terrible. And then I just look stupid. So so it's the worst type of crazy that you're not cool. You're just retarded. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're retarded. um, But we like to use, we like to call you Special Olympian. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. We're back once again. Uh, I'm joined by uh, the very lovely, very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm pet sitting. Ooh, who are we pet sitting today? Um, I can't get up to show him to you because he's asleep in a box. Um, but his name is Tucker. And he's a big kitty. <laughs> okay. He's a big kitty. How big is he? How much of a pig are we talking? Well, so here's the fun thing. He's like a main Maine Coon. So he's oh, a big I love cat. a Maine Coon. They but look like Ron Perlman. They do. But so here's the deal. I, as you boys have come to know me, uh, know that I am a sucker for taking on the worst possible animal cases for every job. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I took on this cat, they're like, hey, 
he might die. So like you need to give him medication. <laughs> why why have you become Dr. Sleep for animals? I don't understand. Um <laughs> I think it's I think it's a mental disorder to where I'm like, I need to feel needed. They call me the angel of death. Yeah, are you becoming a black widow now of animals? <laughs> <laughs> I hate how accurate this feels and I don't like it. So I don't know. I need money. Like, you know what I mean? Healthy people, both both emotionally healthy people and healthy animals don't need me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I hope A, that the cat lives a very long and fruitful life. I saw a video today, world's oldest dog. He's 30 years old right now. You believe that? Nuts. Wow. And his name is Bobby, but spelled with an I. I was going to say, his name ain't Vinny and it ain't Barley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Uh, also, um, I have some uh, vi- uh, audio from the oldest dog. Here he is right here. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> He's, he he gets uh, dragged on the leash and is almost as if as if he's alive. Yeah, so. you're just dragging him behind. Like I love walking, just scraping like this. Um, he's very he's in great shape. We love butters. Um, th- that's good though, Jeremy. How uh, how's the update on your stroke progress? And might I say. I mean, no matter what you're going to say right now, I'm going to call this week progress because uh, I'll, I'll give a quick little spoiler. The artist known as Jeremy Woodworth, composer extraordinaire, is back in the saddle, and there is a banger we're going to play in the next 20 minutes that is going to fucking rock your world. I'm not saying it's 13 Ghosts good, but let's just say, <laughs> like, you know how Metallica, they have three really good albums, you know, it's Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, and Justice for All. Then they had your Black album. You've now gone through the stroke phase it sets you back a little bit but i feel like this this was like a little uh maybe a, a garage ink that you just released okay uh, but i uh, this song is called uh strokes eternal Stro- <laughs> yeah strokes Atani phil um but that's no that's good i mean are you how, how is it progressing along i find that uh your text messages almost make sense again um i think things are coming along nicely uh i was i think i was um inspired by the new the new band um the dream eaters oh Oh, the dream eaters interesting that's a little snippet uh, uh videos i've seen since a long time am, am i is my mic still working your mic is still working man you're coming through loud and clear brother it's probably the filth under my computer all my of all the skin and all the electronics that don't yeah, work anymore. you know you know i always look on yelp when i'm buying jeremy electronic and i'm like how much skin can it take before it fries the motherboard and i never can find accurate data back about that i hate to say i probably can't play uh call of duty um, Cold War because my CD is probably just filth, just just can't work through a through a Xbox now. <laughs> oh well, um, that's not only sad but disappointing. Um, have you tried just maybe giving a little spray with like some of that duster instead of inhaling it? 
it's probably so much dust in the Xbox that it has nothing to do with the uh, the disc itself. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, why don't Why don't you just try to like pop that some bitch open, give it one of those little like little duster things, maybe pop over and uh, uh, clean up that motherboard a bit with a little alcohol. I think if I go to like like um, a tire shop where they get one of those um, uh, things where it'll it'll inflate a tire for like half a second millisecond yeah xbox will work work again so i think jeremy i can let you borrow my gay station oh oh version yeah Um, it's only got gay games just games like who's in the shower and don't drop the soap i like to put my my penis into the gay gay station (laughs) <laughs> no, you can't, because I already put my own labia in there and fucked it all up. So I did this. I did the same with my Sega Creamcast. <laughs> I can put my uh, my my semi-large uh, labia into it. So okay, okay. Now we're talking. No, I uh, uh, I imagine if we opened up your Xbox, Jeremy, we'd just find a dead rot rat that couldn't escape and in his own feces he had spelled out the world words help me uh just spelled out in little pellets i don't know what a labia is because i've ever touched a woman so i don't know so oh all right i'll teach you sometime but no eric that's eric that's a good point i do imagine that somewhere in jeremy's house no offense jeremy but that you've got like a real Shawshank Redemption thing going on where the rats are actually trying to tunnel out of your basement and they're hiding it behind like some poster and they're just digging a tunnel to get to the next house. Rat de Dufresne had to crawl through a mile <laughs> and a half of Jammy's flesh before he could exit the Shawshank Redemption. Um. Hey, you guys! Rats everywhere! <laughs> so uh i got a uh i got two two quick snippets i'd like to share with you folks so um yesterday sure. i went to uh my daughter's elementary school dance which was very lovely i had a That's great a time but i've noticed out of my back door uh, I have a, like a nice little babbling creek that runs like in a little valley behind my house. You've seen it before. Um, yeah. But it's relatively, it's a nice little spot or whatever. And um, I had noticed in like the last like two or three weeks, it looked like another path had been cut in like the way the water flows. So like it looks like the the path down there where the creek is was also just completely flooded out and like it looked like it had somehow cut a new path now through the walkway down there and i was like oh that's crazy looking and i've noticed in the last couple of weeks as well that there's just been like a tinge of shit smell in the air just a tinge okay just a little bit like not quite driving on the outskirts of dundalk or entering dc (laughs) but just like a real like Hmm, did you like I check myself I'm like did I not wipe right who knows right <laughs> so but not like super punch you in the face kind of shit smell right yes. uh, as I'm leaving for the school dance I see a, mm-hmm. a large fellow kind of trekking through the side of my yard and he comes over to me 
and Jeremy's showing a video that says slowly, and uh, we don't, uh, I guess because this is Morgan Freeman, he's making reference back to a story we were talking about three minutes ago. Okay, so um, back to this story, though. If you could just be engaged for a moment, Jeremy. There is a uh, large fellow outside of my house as I'm about to leave, and he goes, hey, and he hands me his card. He's with Carroll County, which is where I live, and he goes, I'm with... Uh, Carroll County uh, Public Works, uh, can we back your our truck up in your driveway so that we can, uh, w- apparently the sewer's a little bit messed up down there and we need to go try to see if we can hose it and pump it out, whatever the blockage is. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. It's next to the creek. There's a giant sewer system that runs there. And I remember seeing the manholes. They're about every, you know, 500 foot big manholes that stick up out of the ground. So the shit smell that I've been smelling is literally all of Carroll County's feces that is just running in my backyard now and then filtering itself back into the waterway and probably headed down. I know like all this feeds down to Ellicott city. So all of Carroll County's shit is slowly been pouring in for weeks. <laughs> uh, well, but I mean, we, I mean, Jeremy, I'm just going to say it for both of us. We all know it's your fault. You keep taking these gnarly dumps from all these spicy foods. <laughs> They're like, sir, is this yours? And they're like, and, and they pull out this shit covered, like, uh, uh, flaming hot Cheetos. And they're like, why were you eating the actual bags? I was like, um, you know, it's just that. This- <laughs> Sorry. You know, the stuff just tastes like can't, I can't do without the flavor sometimes. And I know it's wrong. And they're like, you've caused the biggest natural disaster in Carroll County's history. Some, some people can maybe like claim, you know, like, like um, sewer systems, but I'm just all natural. I just like the shit in the stream. I mean, <laughs> faster. Yeah. So, no. But just I can just see that Eric runs out of toilet paper and he's <laughs> he's using beach towels. Is <laughs> 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 flushing fucking bed, <laughs> bed sheets? <laughs> By the way, um, it's the only way wife, I can feel clean. <laughs> my, my wife is really gives me a lot of uh, shame that I use oh. an entire uh, roll of toilet paper just for a half shit. So. It's like, why are you taking all, an entire roll? I'm like, I don't want anything. Things are, you know, a whole roll by near, near my my fingers and my shit. Ugh. Yeah, I uh, I usually that's how I used to work at Kinko's. I used entire boxes of paper around my my ass. How often? Just out of curiosity, because this is a real thing. So I um, if it takes more than three wipes to get, clean a shit out, um, like if I have a magic marker situation where it's just like mm-hmm. keep wiping and wiping. Sometimes you know mm-hmm. if you have like a hard turn and you just you can tell you're just wiping the tip of the next one that's not ready yet. Um, <laughs> Often, <laughs> often, yeah, you know, it's just like that magic marker tip. You're like, all you're doing is just shaving off layer of layer of a real turd back there. Um, it's, it's what I call the um, 
uh, what was that famous episode of the? It was was it I Love Lucy with the conveyor belt that just <laughs> yes <laughs> yes. So I oftentimes if it takes more than four wipes and I'm like I'm done. I just hop in the shower and like get my butthole a good little scraping real quick and I come back out into real life. You know yeah. It's just much easier. Then I don't. I'm fucking ready to rock and roll. Um, uh, it's it's an S to S. It's a shit to shower. Yeah. But this is exactly why I got a bidet. Oh yeah, I you know I think at one time I wasn't ready for a bidet. I felt like I felt like juice the water in my ass. I was never comfortable with. But now that I'm an old shameless man, I think I'm ready for a bidet. I want a I want that thing to squirt directly into my anus until I get tears of shit coming out. It's amazing. You can control the water pressure, like the level of the stream. And if you spend more money, you can get like heated ones. So it's not so cold. The first time I ever used my bidet, it was like God had chugged a Dasani, swished it around in his mouth and spit it back in my butthole. (laughs) So I always think about that. Like, Hey, you know how they always have like, uh, how come they don't make like bidet commercials that are similar to that of like a pressure washing company? You know how they're like, is your asshole look like this? And it's just like this fucking brown thing. And the next thing you know, it's like, Bring! and it's like fucking shiny and new, like a fucking George Burns's clean face. Well, you both have had dogs. Yeah. Jeremy currently, Eric's had a dog. You know what it's like when your dog is, say, rolling around in the shit of Carroll County? You can't just mm-hmm. let that dog come back inside your house caked on mud. You got to clean it off. Same with your butthole. God, it's fucking wild for sure. Um, so let me get back to this story a little bit because it's not over. Mm-hmm. All right. So I get back from the school dance. Uh, which Susie had a, not, didn't have a great time. She got a little overstimulated. We left early. And then I oh. said, you know what? The dance was supposed to go until 7 o'clock. We're going to get ice cream. So we got ice cream. We came back. had a very lovely evening back home. But as I pull up, the truck's still there. They're still working in my driveway. So I had to park out by the street. I walk up, and the guy says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you might not want to step in that. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? the stuff that they've been pumping out is all like streaked all over my driveway. So there's just literal shit water that is just like, like spider legs that I have to like step over and across. I wake up, um, and I asked the, I, I asked the guy before I go in, I was like, yeah, Susie, try not to step on that. Take off her shoes when you get in the house. Um, we, I asked the guy, I go, hey, so were you able to clear it? He's like, nope, they're going to have to start digging. And I was just like, oh, shit. So, like, the sewer system's really fucked up back there, right? And, I mean, it's it's fucking nasty. Um, so, uh, I go back inside. Um, the fellas um, pack up for the night or whatever. And uh, uh, I, get a, I get a text message around 1130, okay? I'm sitting here with the great Thomas Sambazo who came over to my house and we worked on a little bit of uh, bussy. Uh, that's another story for you that I have coming up. Um, little teaser. And I don't have this number saved, but through my deductive reasoning, I realize it's my neighbor, Chris. Okay. He goes, oh. hey, I don't know what you're doing, but I see some guys with flashlights looking around your backyard. I think they're casing the joint. Just wanted you to know. 
So <laughs> I explained to him, I was like, hey, remember when I saw you at the school dance? I think these are the Carroll County people that are trying to figure out how to get machinery back there because there's literal river of shit that is running in our backyards right now. And he goes, oh, LOL, that is a good point. But also, what a nice neighbor that he is concerned that my yeah. house could get robbed. He just saw people with flashlights. He was like, yeah, we need to go fucking take care take care of this real quick so um i wake up this morning and sure as shit they have a fucking front loader excavators back there that they had to like take off road to get back there so they are digging this fucking pipe up to clear it right now wild but you know it's pretty cold it's it's uh this morning it was about 26 degrees i looked out on my driveway all that shit was just frozen like mm. as little <laughs> so you could like ice skate on the on the, the frozen <laughs> shit water that had been left on my driveway <laughs> so, it's cat lake oh <laughs> uh, it's so fucking foul so my house is basically a toxic waste dump currently um and that's where i live um i i'm sure it's really good for the property value um and i'm just waiting for you know the walking dead to happen at this point because this is a biological nightmare that i live next to a pretty it pretty much end, ends the uh the beginning of uh talk uh, return of the uh living dead with um the, the the sequel yes yes yeah the next rain that happens oh my god and i and i'm dancing out in it going oh why does it burn yeah <laughs> with those big old titties out fucking rigor mortis <laughs> at least at least there's a, a government uh um uh, phone number on the side of the uh Jeremy, I say we write a song for Eric next week and we call it A River Runs Through Shit. Uh, Before before I. (laughs) (laughs) A River Runs Through Shit. Jeremy, that that is a a primo reference of yours. It deserved a laugh, but continue. I I had to give her a little more time on that one because that was a good good, uh, good one. She did. I get I get her props, um, but um, no. But before I I did I did try to uh, prep my song a bit for the movie that we almost prepped because I, I I can't really I think about I think about things I'm, I'm dumb I'm kind of stupid, but uh, the song was of course uh, about our movie this week, which was called uh, Cellar Dweller, which is actually a a, a true song. Yeah, and we're we. I want to I want to play that in just a minute, but I do have one more thing to go over, if that's all right. And I don't know what Ashley has on docket, but Ashley's just rolling with the punches. Oh, she's oh, we're gonna do our favorite bit of the week. How has Ashley contemplated suicide this week? Um, Let's not play that game today. So, all right, so. Ashley, as you recall, last week you came to the cellar door, speaking yeah. of cellars, um, and you got to see uh, Tommy and I's new love project, Bussy, in action, um, yes. which um, we'd never done it in this exact format. It was a little bit new for both of us. Um, so you saw like a real raw version, and we tried out some songs that even Tommy didn't really know about, one of them <laughs> being... Uh, this beautiful song that I played a bit for you, but I yes. did it live, and let's just say it didn't go well. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't track. Okay. So, but the tune itself 
Thomas and I agreed, is kind of a banger. Just the idea, like the melody and stuff for it, it works. Yeah. So we needed to rebrand this song because it's the spoiler alert because you'll never hear it again it's about um me wanting to uh me and tommy fighting for the love of a woman who is a huge cock okay that's the that's the whole song a beautiful trans woman's cock that we end up sucking uh doing all types of things which i did tell eric i'm a little sad he's not going to be doing this song song anymore because i've always wanted someone to write a song about me <laughs> so um oh, by, by the way um uh bring bring it back to home is um the biggest um tranny i should say just i mean transsexual there we go there we go i, I didn't know it was a I don't know every slur these days. Yeah, Jeremy, you're Gen X. You're I think you're you're grandfathered in. You're exactly. fine. Exactly. So I mean fucking what's his name? RuPaul could make a song about it and not, now he's fine with making a, a slur or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I got you, but get, continue on. So I got to meet the biggest transsexual of all time who is actually in the 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 video for uh Dude looks like a lady by Aerosmith, and there was a guy in in a in a in a wedding gown with a big big ass uh, beard, and the guy mm-hmm. in the video says, "Dude looks like a lady with a giant beard." That's actually John Kalodner, who is the uh, the the um the the president of A and R Records, who I saw oh. at the beginning at the at the, the the checkout desk at the Hilton when I worked, and I didn't oh. recognize. I was like, oh, this guy is he's from the he's from the Aerosmith video, who is also was the judge in the uh, I Can't Drive 55 uh, video also. Man. So, oh. Jeremy, so I, got to see, I got to see that person in person uh, in when he was in the at the Hilton when I worked there. Quick, quick question, Jeremy. Um, is it hard having to wear a suit of armor to protect you from all the pussy that must be flying at you from these fucking name drops that you're giving us? Because... <laughs> it took me forever to figure out I think he was... I think he was... Uh, he might have been a, like uh, a manager for uh, Aerosmith or uh, White Whitesnake back when he when he uh, went on tour. So Again, this is back to my original point. I can't wait until Jeremy goes back to cons this year and is like, I know Ashley, that chick with the huge fucking cock. Like, my brother's <laughs> right song about her. I am like, I just feel important. All right. So this song that I wrote, uh, originally the chorus went something like this. Girl, you know I love that penis on you. We laugh, have fun, and play, but I need your hog today. I love that penis on you. So this is what we have changed. We've rebranded the song last night, and I'm just going to give you a taste. Not the whole thing, but I'm just going to give you a last part of a verse and the new hook. Here we go. Um, Here it goes. We belong together. Do the math. Touch your flipper against my shaft. Come sit on my face. It's the closest parking space. You know I say uh, before a meal I say grace. Uh, roll that puss to me. Lift that colostomy. I finger the hole where you pee, girl. 
You know you are my special girl. You can't eat solid food, so I'll come down your feeding tube. You know you're my special girl. (laughs) So we wanted to make it more acceptable for the masses. (laughs) I totally get it. Music for uh, another for a commercial for Devato for commercials. Lemmy Lemmy Devato, yeah. Yeah, Lemmy Devato. Yeah. <laughs> Lemmy Devato. It's, he's... <laughs> I I love this, uh, Eric, because it's only going to marginalize like zero point one percent of your audience. Yeah. Much better odds. Hey, the good the good point about this, if somebody does get mad about it, what are they going to do? Actually, get out of bed and protest? <laughs> Um, anyway, fun stuff. <laughs> well, no, I love it. It's you, you had me at, I'm going to come in your feeding tube. Um, so I call me Terry Shivo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that's our new song, but Jeremy, you've been at work all week. Uh, obviously recovering from a stroke. You're back on the mend. You have brought with us today a new song. And our movie today is Cellar Dweller, 1988. But I I feel like maybe you had some animosity because before Cellar Dweller, you were the original Cellar Dweller. Were you not? Yes. Tales from the Crypt Kitties. (laughs) I am the Cellar Dweller, otherwise known as John Cassier. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's hear Jeremy's new song uh, dedicated this week for Cellar Dweller. Here we go. Here he comes in 1989. That's where my old was. And there came. In my other brother's room, I went to the cellar dweller. That's where I had to go. In my fruit cellar, that's when I became the cellar dweller.
Um, Jeremy, bravo, number one. Also, the name drops uh, where you're just doing all that. I'm only sad that you didn't drop Peter Weller in there. Peter Weller. Peter Weller, yeah. <laughs> can we, um, Jeremy, can you send that to me, even though I'll hear it when we drop tomorrow's episode? Can you send it to me in the group chat so I can hear it? Because it's hard when we're not together. Yeah, you were, you were the same. I couldn't hear. All the, yeah. Well, it sounded like the, the worst audio quality from, from like the 60s. From the, from like a, a, a mile away from the actual concert, <laughs> Ashley Pontius ninety two, it's coming to my you email. Right now. Yeah, um, Ashley, yeah, cut this because I want people emailing no, me. I got, <laughs> I, I already oh. have your email saved, but okay, but yeah. it's the one with ninety two in it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because I'm in the ninety two year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's ninety of them. Um, anyway, there is. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> hey, hey! But this week we are. Uh, this one was my pick. This is a real fucking cult classic I had never seen before. It was uh, suggested to me through the algorithm of time and space. Cellar Dweller, nineteen eighty-seven, uh, directed by John Carl Buchler, um, who is uh, most famously known for mostly doing special effects. He actually. Did a bunch of the special. Oh, I burped into the fucking mic. That sounded so. <laughs> and it smells like my backyard. Uh, so the uh, he's most famously uh, known for doing a lot of special effects for well-known movies that we all know. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part uh, Seven, uh, in particular, which is my one of my I think the coolest looking Jason. That's the one with the fucking uh, the new blood where uh, the lady who's basically Carrie um, squares off against Jason. But I like it because yes. it's the one where you see his spinal cord. He looks very wet. Seven and eight, the best looking. Jason's aesthetically yes. they're very aesthetically pleasing so um, I have to say that one's high on my list also with uh Jason takes Manhattan or whatever yeah yeah that's the next one Jason takes Manhattan yeah. where he's always wet I don't understand why he's always wet in New York but he is Eric why are things always wet why is your backyard filled with sewage why do I have to wear a panty liner every day like things are just always soaked but he's a uh, uh uh, John Carl uh, Bouchler uh, also did the, the special effects for that, The Reanimator, Hatchet, and Jeremy, your favorite movie of all time, From Beyond. He did all the special effects for those. So, very. Uh, about the director of uh, Countess Dracula's Orgy of Blood. He is oh. the director of, of Countess. Oh, yes. Uh, but he, And more importantly, as you'll see our monster this evening, if you look up the monster for Cellar Dweller, uh, you can see very clearly that he did the, the puppets for uh, Troll as well. Um, and you can see that this thing looks very troll-like. And on top of that, vis-a-vis did the special effects for another movie that we did for Halloween Ernest Scared Stupid so uh, that shout makes outs. a lot of sense 
Shout out to uh, to uh, John Carl Boucher. Now, this movie is written by another, uh, I dare I say, horror royalty, uh, Don Mancini, who wrote uh, Child's Play as well as like Bride of Chucky and a bunch of the other Child's Play movies. So, um, shout out to him, creator of Child's Play, who wrote this fucking dog shit movie. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and it has a little bit of star power in it. And by that, I mean two well-known actors that are in this uh number one of course the uh the great jeffrey combs from the reanimator who's only in the opening scene of this movie um which is fucking wild that they like he's clearly was top bill they were like from the creator of the i could i already see the trailer it's like from the creator of the reanimator and this and like and they're like jeffrey combs in and then you get him for steven seagal amount of time from uh executive decision you know well agreed it doesn't really and i know we're gonna get into it but yeah it doesn't make sense that like obviously it's jeffrey combs but i feel like even if it wasn't depending on who was in that role why would we not see that character almost come back to some extent i almost feel like it would have been great to have this character throughout the movie just throw it out there i mean i never am going to say i need less jeffrey combs i'll tell you that right now (laughs) i always it's always more 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 for me um it also has yvonne de carlo most famously known for her part as lily munster uh from the munster she is an old lady in this movie who plays miss briggs um who honestly okay so miss briggs in this movie she we bring you an act who at first may shock you sorry okay there's jeremy with a sound drop out of nowhere uh the fact that i gave you a board that can do this frightens me every day um but yvonne de carlo let me just tell you something about her in this movie she could give zero fucks that she's in this movie at some parts you could actually like i usually am good at spotting people wearing wigs at a movie her wig is on so bad in some scenes you can actually see her real hair like sticking out from underneath it <laughs> like there's multiple scenes i caught today i'm like that bitch is just her real hair is actually like sticking out and frayed out from underneath of the fucking shit wig she's wearing well Eric, do we know, like, was there a reason she even had to wear a wig? Like, was it just truly they wanted that? Or was there, like, a legit reason she was wearing one other than... I don't know. I, yeah. I want to say that it, uh, hopefully it's for comical relief. But yeah. there's another thing that I noticed in this. So the movie takes place over, like, multiple days. And Miss Briggs, like, everybody changes outfits in most scenes. Except for Miss Briggs. She wears the same fucking <laughs> sweater in, like, every scene. Except for one. It was just like, uh, yeah, we're going to need you to change hair and makeup real quick. And she's like, no, I'm wearing this and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's what it fucking felt like god damn it was so funny so she doesn't give a fuck um everybody else relative unknowns in this film i've never seen them in anything else but let's kick the movie off into high gear here um jeffrey combs uh you basically find out in the beginning of this movie he could draw comic books he basically writes a comic called cellar dweller which is similar to uh tales from the crypt or like a creep show or something along those lines yes jeremy that's some of the soundtrack from uh cellar dweller okay here let's hear it this is from uh cellar dweller it sounds something like cellar dweller 
Well, the, the good news is, is that didn't come through at all, and I will edit it out of the podcast. So, um, the, <laughs> there was something back there, I know. It probably sounds like what I played your song to you guys, except the difference is it didn't record at all. So, we're going to forget that happened. Next is uh, Jeffrey Combs can draw this, and of course he draws this fucking gnarly evil monster that looks like a giant troll, and uh, this fucking thing comes sauntering up, and we hear him fucking just... All right, here we go. Here's a little... He draws a lady with tits, uh, tits out, who gets immediately ripped apart by the beast, goes and grabs an axe that it clearly shows he's not a woodsman because it's the cleanest axe I've ever seen. It's shiny and silver. It's really a showpiece. I don't think it could actually harm anyone. Uh, but he ends up burning everything down there, including himself in the cellar. But his evil Necronomicon-like book that has the secrets of the beast inside is safe within a chest and doesn't get burned up. Let me just, let me just point, point out that this is obviously um, uh, air, air vest. It, 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 he's working on, on a table in a basement exactly like in uh, Reanimator. They're like, oh, no, he's not. He's doing comics versus um, working on his, um, his uh, special. Totally uh, different movie, for sure. Totally different. Okay, same character. So. so no, that's a good point. Well, actually, um, can I just point out because we're gonna see this throughout the movie, and I wanna I feel like you're gonna support me on this. Can we talk about the fact that the drawings and the level of like how good they are, every time we cut back and forth between these creations, it's like work that would take you several hours being done in seconds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This would get apparently Jeffrey Combs is a fucking Todd McFarlane when it comes to ink and comics. It's just fucking he's a workhorse and he draws fast. Um, so uh, luckily uh, everything is safe and we are brought up to present day where we get to meet Whitney Taylor, uh, played by uh, Deborah Ferentino, uh, the very lovely in this movie. Um, but she is. This is how unrealistic it is. She's a fucking turbo hot, uh, uh, raven haired lady who loves comic books. It, this does not exist in real life um, and likes to draw them. And uh, she takes this cab ride where we get to see our first bit of this cab driver who's driving her out to this desolate place, uh, this art school, where she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking shit's crazy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the meter's running the whole time. And so she finally stops. Hops in, he goes, <laughs> broads, always want to talk your ear off. And uh, so they already have a an opening bit for this movie with a taxi driver that we'll never see again. Um, broads. Broads. Oh, uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we're just always interrupting and just won't move things along. It's, <laughs> it's my gender. <laughs> so, like 50, 50 bucks, he'd, he'd carry the bags like through a through a cabin somewhere yes yes well i will say this uh this director loves stealing sam raimi's shots because it's shot very mm. evil dead like a lot in this movie yeah uh everything from like the first person view of evil coming into a doorway to the very 
pan in, pan out stuff like that. He really does like Sam Raimi, and I do find the movie to be paced very well and entertaining. I I, I was thoroughly entertained throughout this movie because it's so fucking dog shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, she shows up at Throckmorton, which is the former house of uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs when he lived there. Um uh, Colin Childress, the original owner, and now has been turned into a colony of artists. And when I mean colony of artists, I mean the biggest dog shit people you've ever met in the face of the earth. Nobody is good at art at this art school. Uh, that's to make no. clear right away. No, do you know what this reminds me of? Because it's funny you brought up um, like other horror franchises and stuff. Because for some reason, this reminds me of dream warriors as if these three artists are all like mentally ill or mentally challenged and they're living together and now we just need one of them to have telekinetic abilities and awaken the cellar dweller which is sort of in a weird way what happens (laughs) every time we summon jeremy it's very similar so we we uh we see that uh, this is the worst school that's ever but miss briggs uh makes it very clear that she gives zero shits about a comic book artist you're a cartoonist that's what we call you here please don't ever say that and uh we get to hear that uh uh whitney uh, what her dream is and what she wants to do while here Let's not forget that he also murdered himself in this house, you dummy. Um, so I like I like that she's she's really into the uh, the, the the fake tales from the crypt. Um, uh, well, what she's supposed to do now versus which is like um, anime with uh, five year old girls that have really large breasts. Yeah, how could you draw this pillow coming to life and fucking some of the members of our school? Because that would really track here. Um, uh, shortly after that, we, uh, we he shows her the cellar door and he goes, don't go down there. She immediately goes down there. Um, and uh, we, get, we get to meet Lisa and Philip. Lisa, who's there for dance and can't dance a fucking lick, uh, as well as Philip, who is a painter, a specifically a finger painter, which yep. he, he fucking, when they finally show his fucking garbage paintings that he does, I almost fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> um, I feel that his artistic like stage name should have been Jackson Paul Cook. <laughs> He's so bad. And he has just the best incel energy you see in the movie of just like, oh, of course I like to kiss girls. Oh, like this. It's fucking yes. so stupid and cringy. I feel I feel like I run into him. Eric is a whole 100% right. I feel like I run into this guy at literally every show I do who's like, m'lady. And he's like, can I get you a beer? And I'm like, no, I'm good. He's like, I'm a gentleman. Don't reject me. 
<laughs> so that what they have are nightly critiques of people's artwork and stuff like that. And tonight is uh, the finger painting one. But as this is going down in the most ridiculous scene, a fucking gunman shows up and grabs the one lady. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> So he's another student who everybody looks like a young hip person and he is a 40-year-old ex-detective who looks like Sipowitz from uh, <laughs> NYPD Blue. He's like, thank you. I can go back to work now that I've done my acting for today. <laughs> it- who actually fires a real bullet <laughs> to get the scene over <laughs> It Which makes- is pretty much the Woodworth uh, uncles. You, you did this in real life all the time. Yes, so. yes, yes. Just to get a point across. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Who has, to, who has to buy another TV? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I love I love everything about that. Everybody is like a young, like, yeah, we're a starving upcoming artist. And then just this 40-year-old ex-detective who's also there <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> Yeah, it makes the whole scene absolutely makes no sense. But if you don't mind, Eric, I want to go back just for one second. Just something really small that made me laugh, though. When we first introduce our lead to, I'm sorry, Eric, what is the name of the woman running the house again? Um, That would be Miss Briggs. Miss Briggs uh, played by Yvonne DiCarlo. Okay, so Miss Miss Briggs. When they are talking and they realize they recognize each other, I fucking love, though, the uncomfortableness of that scene where she's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You were the heckler at my at my show. And I was like, this is so good. I was like, we even have heckling in this movie, which made me super happy. Yeah, I'd fucking hate her, too. What a twat. Yeah, I love art heckling. That's a, that's that's always good. A good art heckler. What do you mean? What do you mean, Eric? It's all art heckling. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, uh, we also get to meet Whitney's rival, Amanda, who's also at the school. They have a background. And of course, the the fucking uh, Miss Briggs loves Amanda. Like, why can't you be more like Amanda? She does video art, Um, (laughs) which is I also think it's called porn. And then uh, Whitney goes to bed that night and then we find out Lisa has a fucking fun thing she likes to do. She just goes outside every night and does this. (laughs) Just. (laughs) She she wakes up and this bitch is just screaming at a thunderstorm outside. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you? (laughs) I knew that scene was in there, but we couldn't hear her scream. (laughs) It's oh, all, so good. Also, that's also the part part of uh, any any movie where it has uh, purple lightning. Yeah, purple lightning. That's always a good side. 
Oh, you know, uh, Ashley, is that that's, about, that's a cabin boy drop. I was just about to say, I now understand that reference. Ashley, <laughs> I made Ashley, I didn't make Ashley do anything, but she finally took our suggestion of watching Cabin Boy. And uh, Ashley, would you like to give a quick review of Cabin Boy? One sentence, two sentence? Yeah, sure. So I sometimes, believe it or not, weird, I know, I will miss you guys. And I'm like, oh, what's like my my social security like blanket uh, for me and my friendship with you two. So I will find the shittiest content that you guys love and then like try to engage in that. Um, it was a cabin boy was a rough watch. <laughs> it was hard. I um, felt like I was having an out of body experience, but like not the good kind. Um <laughs> But there were some good lines, though. The purple lightning is, like, really fucking funny. Mm. And then there's one other line, and I'll get us back on track then. But there's one other line that made me laugh for whatever reason stupid fucking hard is early on in the movie when Chris Elliott's in school, and he's like, (laughs) your dad only has one leg. (laughs) (laughs) Have we... we, um made uh mulligan part of our uh normal scrawl for uh quality time otherwise known as uh mike uh no mike but i need Star. to i do need to redo it i haven't had a quality time update uh for the intro since 2021 so we are due for that jeremy and i apologize uh, that's me sleeping on my fucking game right now he was only he was only in some movie no, known um um uh, as uh, good fellas as Frenchie, so well, I always remember Mulligan from Cabin Boy in his greatest role ever, uh, which is the guy from Dumb and Dumber who punches the guy in the phone booth through the phone booth. Yes. He's like, "Get off the phone!" The phone. <laughs> and fucking punches him out through there, and he's like, and he also has to sit in the middle of both of them. He's like, "You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?" <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Whoa! Ooh, sorry. That was a big. That was a mighty raspberry I had there. Um, oh. Wait, was that Eric or the cat? Because I also I muted because the cat was meowing. Oh, I'm dying! I'm the dying cat. So we get to see Lisa screaming in the middle of the night. After that, she goes downstairs. Whitney does, and uh, her and Phil find the book, uh, uh, and then find this, and then she's like, "I'm going to create the ultimate monster now." So she starts drawing her rival Amanda getting eaten alive and of course this all actually happens the beast reappears it comes on camera and starts fucking killing her but just to give you how ridiculous this movie is at one part she's trying to run away and there's a doorknob mm-hmm. and then she draws the doorknob disappearing and I grab this little sound effect because it disappears and this is the sound effect that they chose when the doorknob disappears <laughs> I don't know why that made me fucking spit laugh so goddamn hard, but it did. Well, Uh, it's it's funny though, right? Because do you both agree that there's this constant thing of, yes, it's like a comedy, but it's not like, I don't understand half of what happens in this movie. 
No, it, it is ridiculous. I think they really tried to play up the comedy aspect of it. Uh, but it's just, you see that monster. The monster is terrifying looking. Like, it's fucking, the monster is so good in this movie, it's criminal. Um, yeah. And you get to see him lots every time he gets drawn. And then you get to see shitty artwork of him drawn. And then, like you said, she draws entire penned realizations of it in seconds, uh, which is also pretty amazing. But that's what happens when the devil is letting your hands move you know is this uh, uh, is, is this from uh marvel comics or dc oh i guess it's charleston comics i guess that's close enough when when you can still comics when are like five cents a, a, a per uh per book so true that <laughs> well, eric eric was just talking about like well the devil must be helping her that's why she finishes so fast and i'm like that's how it comes so quickly you know, if, if you're if you're like uh, if you're into oh, a comic yeah. per- person, even when I was like five, six years old, I was like, "Wow, these aren't Marvel or DC. These suck. This is just <laughs> shitty comics that even were bad for kids. Like, I don't want this. Why did Dad get this crap for me?" So, uh, our detective is uh, working on his script, which he writes with a typewriter uh, and a bottle of Jack Daniels, and uh, he suspects Whitney's up to something, and so he finds the drawings uh, that she's drawn of her murder. She then goes and walks up into there and then sees the tape that was rolling the whole time, but as soon as he's uh, uh, blessed with this knowledge, the fucking cellar dweller comes up and fucking knocks his head off with one swipe of his hand, and it's a pretty good decapitation scene, I will say. I like the little fucking vein that's left just squirting blood after his head gets knocked off. Really primo action right there um but now whitney i always i always uh, compare it to the scene from uh monty python when john please has a piano that can uh chop over a, a woman's head yes so. that we all thought the same thing so <laughs> we but now the next day they're both missing and uh, Amanda thinks or uh, Whitney thinks Amanda stole her work when it was actually the detective that does that did that he gets his head knocked off so he's missing now she brings this information to Miss Briggs and explains listen you probably gave her this I want my work back but they're like I didn't do fucking shit I didn't do fucking shit they're probably just working on a scene and while she's explaining to her you can see her actual hair coming out of the wig that she's wearing it's fucking pathetic and and really uh, does make me laugh. Um, and uh, they're just working on a scene. You know, he's a method actor. He likes to do stuff. He's crazy. Stop being a crazy broad, okay? That's basically the treatment she gets. Um, we then see, uh, next after that, the next major thing we see is um, uh, Jeremy is now showing a picture of John Cleese with both of his hands decapitated, squirting blood, and I love that. Thank you. <laughs> um we we then see Lisa showering because we've been almost 45 minutes without seeing tits. They're back in the menu again. Um, and, uh, of course, she gets out of the shower and gets fucking mollywopped by the uh, the beast uh, pretty badly. Um, Wait, are you saying she got beat with his dick? Yes, got mollywopped. <laughs> and then... Uh, 
uh the uh uh they go they try to go rescue her at the last minute because they see the drawings of it happening like on the desk and they try to i love this part where fucking philip the twink goes hold on let me break down the door and immediately hurts his shoulder trying to break it and she just very easily kicks it open oh man it's very funny uh but it's philip the twink is such a good name Coming this fall to NBC, Philip the Twink. Um, it just it feels like a forgotten book of the Bible. It's like John the Lesser and Philip the Twink. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, they have to go make a run for it because they do see the cellar dweller. He's scary. Guess what? He's waiting outside the front door, too. He looks awesome. He looks like it could be Harry and the Hendersons' mean uncle. And uh, they, uh, they have... They realize they have one chance to get rid of it. Jeremy is now trying to distract us again because he can't stay with a conversation and showing us something from Creep Show. Okay, cool. Very tight. And uh, he, uh, they, they have to figure out how to get rid of this. So they go back to the book, uh, but really all they end up doing is reading the book and then uh, says that the beast wants to take physical form. So it possesses sweet twink Philip, who look the best way to describe Philip's looks. He looks like he was in tears for fears. Like that's his aesthetic. <laughs> his aesthetic looks like he wants to uh, everybody rules the world constantly. Um, can I just throw it out there? tears for queers yeah, there we go there we go um this uh after this weird green energy inhabits philip he becomes like a half jekyll and hyde monster and then just turns into the full beast uh she goes to tell miss briggs but then the monster comes and fucks miss briggs up uh accidentally uh uh, as the monster's trying to kill Whitney, though, she starts throwing stuff at him. Instead of running, she's just like, what's on the shelf? Let's just start throwing everything. This will stop this unstoppable demonic beast. But she gets fucking lucky and hits him with a bit of whiteout that then breaks and splashes on the comic page on the perfect cell of him, what he's doing at that particular moment, and he disappears. And she's like, oh, Whiteout, I can just erase the comic. Perfect. But she goes to do that, a giant hand comes and like tries to grab her out of the comic book. That's pretty cool. And she's like, Nope, more whiteout. And it's a classic case of white people whitewashing history, is what we're really seeing here, um, more than anything. And as that happens, uh, she eventually splatters the whole thing. It covers off everything. Now everybody's gone, but everybody's dead. But she's like, hey, if I draw stuff, it fucking comes true. So she redraws all of her friends again. She draws Philip, and Philip is all of a sudden, she thinks it doesn't work. And then out of nowhere, she's ready to just give up and be gone. And then we hear this. So he comes, he comes back. And he says, you, you were talking about a real kiss. And the first thing they do is have a, just a regular ass hug, which is <laughs> gay. He's, he's so Italian, man. This is the gayest shit I've ever seen. So now that that works, the ball's in her court. Do you want to draw everybody back? <laughs> Except for Amanda. 
<laughs> but she does. She draws Miranda back, uh, uh, Miss Briggs, the whole lot. They're all back alive. They're having a wonderful dinner party. Everything's going swimmingly. The beast is chained up downstairs. She doesn't really know what to do with them, but has a good idea. She decides to take the remaining pages of the beast and throw them into the fire and burn him up. And so she does that. She starts burning it, and all you hear is the beast slowly doing, but then all of the pages of the other people start appearing within the fire. We don't know if she's just dumb and threw them in there or if the power of Satan made them appear in the fire. It's not explained at all, but individual pictures of everybody. So all of her friends just start fucking burning up around her, (laughs) which is actually kind of rules. Um, And then as... As Sweet Philip is burned to death, we hear the cellar dweller speak from the comic. Wherever there is imagination, I will dwell. Which brings us to an end. What's happening with the sound? Of Cellar Dweller. And that brings us to an end of Cellar Dweller right there. Um, I know you guys couldn't hear. I appreciate it uh, sticking with it. The listeners are going to love it, though. Um, so right. they burn him up. The Cellar Dweller lives on. All the friends are dead. And that brings us to an end of this fucking romp. Jeremy, your final thoughts on Cellar Dweller. Um, I don't know. It's like a movie if you didn't have uh, Sam Raimi or Tom Sullivan, or um, a movie that was much better. But at least it had Jeffrey Combs for like almost five minutes. So True that. Um, By the way, if you like this movie, you can watch it. It's totally free on YouTube. So uh, go ahead, throw it on, have yourself a night. Get Pour a Nice Box of Franzia and have yourself a wonderful time. Ashley Pontius, your final thoughts on The Cellar Dwellar. A lot of fun. Super glad we watched this. I can't believe none of us had like gotten to see this before. Um, I call my clitoris my little cellar dweller. Fuck yeah! Oh, oh, I, I, I had to, a hundred percent true. When I fell asleep for the last five minutes of this movie, I literally uh, woke up to a movie that wasn't part of the movie with uh, Leonard Malt, uh, R- Richard, Richard Malton. Not, yeah, Martin. we have Richard Malton and and uh, and Richard Dreyfus. And I was like, how did this movie go from to these actors? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Jaws. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, uh, I will say, uh, Ashley, your, your final thoughts. You already gave those. My final thoughts on it. Hey, Cellar Dweller, it's a real fun. Doesn't ask a lot of you. Go ahead, give it a watch. Take fucking eight ounces of dmt and let's get crazy um completely completely different than tales from the kid totally different uh ashley where can people find you at oh you can always find me online at ashley pontius laughs or you can follow my horror page at slashing dash dmv i will be at the loo room this thursday the 9th 
And then you can catch me at uh, Busboys and Poets on Valentine's Day, which is Tuesday the 14th. Oh, lovely. Um, You can catch your boy, Eric Woodworth, if you're listening to it this week, Thursday morning on Baltimore's 98 Rock. I'll be filling in for the great Justin Schlegel. So give that a listen. Um, All things Eric Comedy, ericcomedy.com. We got shows for Bussy coming up. Jeremy, take us out of here. Everybody wants to move a cellar dweller.